Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we discuss all things movies, games, travel, television, entertainment, pop culture, and more. You can also catch us on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM by going to kswcom and following the links to BJ's Geek Nation or come to our page where we have the simulcast each Friday where, again, we talk about games, movies, pop culture. Go to Pinal Central, P-I-N-A-L Central.com, keyword skewed, and that is the portal for the 12 newspapers and 21 markets where we do game and other content. And last but certainly not least is our syndicated uh, magazine, Skewed and Reviewed the Magazine. We're working on the June issue right now. And that also covers all of our topics. So I'm joined, as always, with Justin, Michael, and Joseph. And we are going to be talking about some interesting gaming news, as well as some convention news and some developments in the world of cinema and television. Now, up first, I wanted to mention that on the 18th, the latest Dungeons & Dragons book, Van Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, is going to be released uh, the very impressive hardbound book comes in a standard and alternate cover and it explores the mythos of this era and if you area and if you're a big fan of dungeons and dragons if you are a big fan of the characters or even the artwork you are definitely going to want to check that out so starting off today's topic is the rumor that the upcoming Bethesda RPG that was first uh, discussed back in 2018, Starfield, um, there were some leaked photos that came out the other day. There's a lot of speculation that at the E3 showcase by Bethesda, we'll get a look at that, perhaps at QuakeCon, which Bethesda has announced is going to be digital this year again, August 19th through the 21st. We'll get more information on that. But the big rumor is that it will indeed be exclusive to PC and Xbox only. This was expected, or at least rumored, when Microsoft acquired the company. So let's just start off, go right down the line. We'll start with you, Justin. What do you make of this? Yeah, so um, I've been following this a little bit. I guess uh, there's been some leaks going on for Starfield for a while now, different screenshots um, here and there. Um, obviously I think this is not ideal for Bethesda. I don't think they want Starfield revealed this way, but, um, but it is what it is. Um, and I guess it's, it's kind of an indication that we're probably going to end up seeing something Starfield related very soon from an official capacity. Um, if these are kind of coming out at an increasing rate, it it, to me, it it means that we're we're probably going to at least hear something about it at, at E3 this year. Um, or whenever Bethesda does their their next major event, um, it also means that the game is probably coming along uh, pretty nicely. You know, I, I think there was a lot of speculation early on that <clears throat> Starfield would would not come out for uh, a couple years, um, and that seems to be kind of lining up. It's it's uh, been a few years since it was revealed, I think. Um, so we're gonna have to kind of see how this plays out, but it, I. You know, it, it looks like a Bethesda game. If you look at the, the leaked screenshots, um, it just kind of looks like, uh, you know, a Fallout or a, or an Elder Scrolls, just in a very kind of, you know, space sci-fi setting. Um, it looks like it's probably using very similar or same engine that they've always used. Um, but, um, 
you know, hopefully we'll get some actual details here pretty shortly now that E3 is pretty much right around the corner. And Michael, your take, please. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is too much of a surprise when Microsoft uh, purchased Bethesda. I think the idea there was they're going to um, there's always been complaints that Microsoft, the reason people don't go with Xbox is because of the lack of exclusives. And, and to be fair, this I don't really consider this an exclusive because it is coming out on PC as well. Um, it's not like the Sony model so much where it's only on the console. You have to purchase the console to play it. And I think with um, uh, with the popularity of the Elder Scrolls games, let's not forget that um, Oblivion was a PC Xbox 360 exclusive as well um, when it came out. So it's not as though this is on unheard of from Bethesda and Microsoft, um, generally speaking. And, you know, again, this is, you know, I, I would expect something along the lines of what Sony does, where some games are going to be are that are quote unquote exclusive, eventually find their way to PC about a year or so later. Um, Death Stranding was one of those. There, there are others, obviously. Uh, Detroit, I think, was another one um, off the top of my head. And, and I think the world of exclusives, um, I think, is going to start coming down i mean i think you know exclusives we've talked about this before i think exclusives hurt the consumer obviously they're good for uh, the manufacturer um for the develop uh, not so much even for the developers because the developers i think leave a lot of money on the table um when they're an exclusive yes they make big deals with with sony or or microsoft or whatever um to to make that exclusive but ultimately it hurts uh everybody except for sony or microsoft or whomever um, so I think I'm hoping that the whole exclusive thing will start to die off eventually. Uh, but for now, I, again, I don't think it's too much of a surprise. Um, I'm sure Microsoft had planned on that when they purchased Bethesda. Uh, again, I, I, we've seen this before. I don't think it's going to hurt um, Starfield very much at all. Um, but I think it will help uh, the Xbox sales in, in particular. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. Again, I, 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 would, ex I would expect it to be a, a timed release more than an exclusive. Uh, the question will be, what do, we, what do we find out? Are we going to see more about this in E3? Um, we don't even know about a release date. I, I would not expect it to be coming this year. I think at the earliest would be 2022. Um, but again, we'll see. I, I, maybe this was going to probably be a big reveal at E3 for both Bethesda and for Microsoft. And I think we'll probably know more by the time that comes around. And Joseph, your take, please. I think, like everybody said, it, it's it's no surprise that we see this as an exclusive, whether it's a timed exclusive or not, it is, is yet to be determined, but I think it will be that. I think it was just not a smart move on their part, though, considering the limited amount of consoles that are even out in people's homes right now due to this chip shortage. What they're doing is is when this comes out, which, you know, maybe by then it's fixed, but from everything I hear, this chip shortage could last well into the end of next year, and they're hamstringing themselves because there are more PlayStation 5s out in the wild than there are Xboxes. Now, granted, you can get this on PC, and there's a lot of people out there who, who like myself, would probably end up doing that, but there are people who don't, can't get the PCs done because again this chip shortage <laughs> like there's a lot of things going on with it and, and I think they're just hamstringing themselves right now and it's it's maybe I'm not seeing the business end of it that's that's uh, going to be beneficial for them but I just don't think it was a smart move I think in many ways that like you have all said very well this was kind of a given and I think the question remains to be seen 
is it a timed exclusive or is it truly an exclusive? Now, um, we, are, we don't know how much influence that Microsoft might have had to say this is it, this is not going anywhere else. Uh, at the same time, if sales don't meet expectations or if any number of financial factors come in, you can see them opening up. And I know you've mentioned how we're seeing things. Uh, Sony has apparently opened up more to classics coming onto PC. We had uh, Horizon Zero Dawn come. There's some talk that some of the other uh, classic console games are going to be getting PC versions. Yes, they may come a year, year and a half down the road. Let's not forget this is what happened with Halo. Halo was a PC exclusive. You did see, uh, excuse me, a, a console exclusive. You did see PC versions of a couple of the games, but it did take a while. It was a good year, year and a half, I think, down the line before the PC versions came out. But, um, you know, it's a it's a changing place and you guys have brought up a very valid point with supply and demand and um i'm leaning more toward i i mean my plan had always been to play it on pc uh that being said i could understand people saying well what about this and maybe i can play it on this and i think like anything it's a um it's a constantly changing situation you know if you go out there and you say wow there's three times as many of this console on the market versus this one, you know, it just makes sense. But let's look back to when the prior consoles came out. There was a lot of talk about Microsoft grabbing Titanfall and making it an exclusive for PC and for Xbox. There was a lot of people out there. There were rumors that they were even, uh, that Respawn was even looking at how do we get out of this and make them uh, make it available for the uh, PlayStation because there were considerably more on the market and in the end it stayed uh, a PC and an Xbox exclusive. That being said, when came when the, it came time for the sequel, that ended. There was some talk that they tried again to make it a MS exclusive and they said nope and made sure. In fact, that was one of the very early announcements was that it would be debuting on the PC. So, I mean, on the PS4 as well. So, uh, it would be interesting. I think it's definitely going to make uh, QuakeCon very interesting, and it's going to make E3 very interesting at the showcase because there's a lot of people saying, okay, they can talk about um, Deathloop, they can talk about their Tokyo game, that's expected. But then you have a large segment of people saying, well, we expect to see something on Starfield. We're expecting something on Elder Scrolls Six. But then they also have to look at the fact of, you have time to fill. There's gonna have to be space for either a returning franchise or a new franchise somewhere in the mix. And then what do you have at QuakeCon? I mean, they've had years where they were, uh, they did their showcase and then QuakeCon was kind of a deeper dive into them and We'll see. I think that's going to just be very, very interesting because, as you know, with the recent changes in the last week, I think a big chunk of these uh, convention landscapes are up in the air, and it will be very interesting to see in the weeks ahead uh, how many of these planned shows for later in the summer are going to go ahead, how many uh, are going to, um, you know, rethink doing their show. And are there going to be some smaller cons that decide to pop up and give it a go? You know, some that might say, 
hey, you know what, we can throw this thing together in six weeks or whatever because we have all these logistics in place. So we shall see. Now, that brings us up to the other discussion, which is uh, getting closer and closer to the TV upfronts, which are scheduled to happen uh, this coming week. And this is where the TV networks basically disclose their new and returning shows. And so audiences get to know what's coming, what's canceled, what's changing time slots or nights, and what's returning. And we've already had several announcements from ABC and NBC and other networks who, who have announced what's coming back, what's going, what's new. But this is a more formalized one. And shortly after that, there are the events that some are describing as essentially a mini CinemaCon, which is uh, coming up in August, where the theatrical exhibitors and the studios are going to uh, get together and start hyping up the coming movies. There's a lot of talk that a lot of upcoming films are going to have their first uh, footage debuted, and it's all designed to get people excited and to get the buzz going about, look at all these great films that are coming up and leading into CinemaCon where it really goes up a notch. So we'll go the back way. Uh, start with Joseph. What's your take on all this? Um, it, yeah, I think it's going to be... It, it, I'm actually looking forward to that because it's been a while since we've had a lot of just like, hey, you know what? Here's new footage from stuff that's coming. Here's something to tease you and entice you. And it's a step in the right direction. Like you said, with the changes that have been made in the past week, it'll be interesting to see which one of these, which conventions stay open and which don't. You know, like it's interesting because PAX is still on schedule here in Seattle, but Bumbershoot has already been canceled, which is usually around the same weekend. So it, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of that, and and who's who sees the profit in it and doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael, your take, please. Well, you know, it's funny because there are a lot of movies that are starting to come out in theaters that I've never even heard of. You know, we haven't seen any previews for them. Mostly, we haven't really seen a lot of uh, advertising for them. Uh, so I think we're getting to a point now where theaters should start opening up to a, a bigger capacity. I think there needs to be something that starts hyping up what's coming out. Because, again, I think a lot of people have uh, – a lot of people get their first view, or at least they used to get their first view of upcoming movies when they go to, a, go to see something and it was at the previews at the theater, right? Um, obviously, there's now YouTube and, and other ways for people to see those releases, but they have to really know that they're coming – they're there or they're coming out. And I think there's a lot of movies that kind of get missed in the shuffle if they're not part of a big franchise or they're not well-known. And if people aren't going to the theater to see uh, previews of upcoming movies, there needs to be a way to kind of get this more to the mass audiences. So I think anything that will allow us, them to promote upcoming films um, in, a, in a big showcase where they're, you know it'll be featured in a lot of different places so people can kind of get an idea of what's coming out will certainly help the theaters in general and will help the moviegoers um, just know what's coming and feel comfortable going to them. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited that we'll actually start seeing a little bit more focus on this. I realize there wasn't a lot of focus on advertising um, in theaters because at the time there were hardly any theaters that were open or the capacity was so low. So you didn't see a lot of money being spent on advertising outside of maybe on you know HBO or HBO Max as well as some of the bigger um, you know, Warner Brothers or some of the bigger studios that actually have networks that they can, you know, promote these things on. 
so I think there needs to be some way for the masses to understand, you know, to see what's coming out, uh, to get excited about what's coming out, and to kind of start filling seats in the theaters. So that sounds like a good way for them to actually start doing that. Interesting. And Justin, your take, please. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm curious too, just because uh, if there's any uh, industry that really should have been doing fairly well uh, throughout the whole pandemic, it's you know television. But um, you know, television actually sort of had some issues before uh, going into the pandemic, just because streaming services are kind of eating into what you know traditionally would be the network space um, for new TV. So I'm kind of curious to see what the announcements are. Um, but, you know, I think there's also some some good points there about um, how the marketing landscapes also sort of changed a little bit. Uh, a lot of a lot of these projects I haven't heard heard of either. So uh, I'm kind of just interested in that regard of, um, you know, how, how are things going to change? Um, you know, what are we actually going to hear about at, at these at these events? Um, you know, movies go, going into like CinemaCon, I think that that's that's a bigger one for me because um you know when you go to a big tentpole movie um it's you go you go see it and you get, you get those previews and you kind of know okay i think the next one i'm going to go watch is uh you know a month from now it's going to be you know such and such movie and we haven't really had a whole lot of that it's just uh, um, my guess is it's just pretty difficult to uh uh to market um things nowadays so I'm curious to see how this goes, and uh, I suppose we will find out more in just a little bit. Yeah, I think the big question is going to be uh, two things. First off, you have Cruella, which is coming, and that is going to be a big test. But at the same time, you're also going to have the flip side of people saying, well, it's available on Disney Plus behind the paywall, so I could just stay home with the kids and watch it that way. So then our next test is going to be A Quiet Place Part 2, which is going to be a theatrical exclusive, however, only for 45 days before it goes to Paramount+. Plus. So, you know, that's an interesting film in that there is a lot of anticipation for it. There is the fact that people forget it had actually already had a couple of screenings and the stars were out doing the PR for it. And uh, Emily Blunt was on Howard Stern recently, and she talked about how she had just finished doing a show and was on her way to James Corden to do publicity when they got the call saying, hey, we're locking everything down. It's not coming out. And it had already screened for some uh, members of the press. So here we are a year and change later, and they're ramping it all back up again. Now, the word on it was it was absolutely fantastic and through the roof. So the question is, uh, you know, are people going to go back to the theater and see it? Or are they just going to say, you know what, I'm going to wait my 45 days and then I'll watch it? Because it's it, it's interesting because John Krasinski has said the film was designed to be seen in a theatrical setting. And that's why they held it for so long. That's why they didn't put it on streaming over the last year and a half, because they wanted to wait until they had a chance to get it into the theaters. And that's coming now. But of course, again, the specter of are people going to go and see it or are they just going to wait for streaming again is uh, holding back. And it, it will be very interesting going forward. I think um, 
If I had to guess, I would think that you're probably going to have a lot of meetings this week in the entertainment industry and beyond what was already planned. You had the things that I'm sure in the gaming industry for the upcoming conventions, but I think there's probably going to be a lot of meetings over the next few weeks where people are going to say, okay, well, geez, in light of recent uh events do we re do we need to rethink our participation in this event or do we need to put something together um do we need to put out something like you know a prime example and i'm just spitballing this i'm not saying they they haven't but sony hasn't done a playstation expo for a while well maybe in light of recent events they're going to say well, maybe we should do something at the end of the year for christmas time it's still a ways off who knows i but i do think that there's at least people putting up contingency plans i'm going to uh, tell you one right now. I was looking at some upcoming conventions. Now, Joseph, you probably remember this one. Um, Washington State SummerCon is one that popped up a few years ago, and they do it at the, I, I still call it the Puyallup Fairgrounds, but I know we're supposed yeah. to call it the Western Washington Fair and all of this. Um, now, it, it's, uh, you know, not to the size of Emerald City Comic Con or one of the big shows, but nonetheless, it was a respectable size show that had some decent guests and like any startup, they've um, grown each year. So they have a very basic page up saying the page is getting a facelift, but they've said SummerCon is still happening June 18th through June 20th of 2021. Ticket sales will resume on May 19th. And they talk about uh, so on and so forth and it goes, um, into all the whole situation and essentially this is the part that i thought was really interesting so they go on and talk about how they're ready to bring the show safely and responsibly and creatively and blah 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 they claim they have four options ready to roll out depending on what the governor decides each one is creative safe and will be the absolute best for the attendee and so you know, interesting. Again, I'm sure that is a prime example of a, a group who say, who's saying that on uh, Wednesday they're going to resume ticket sales. And I'm sure there's going to be some serious meetings between now and then where they patiently wait to see what is going to happen. And I'm sure a big chunk of those meetings are going to be, well, how many people are we going to safely be allowed to do this? And as you know, Joseph, it is an open air environment in that it's a fairground and it's a very large area. But if I'm not mistaken, don't some of the events take place in some of the enclosed structures and stuff like that? Yeah, usually like if they have any sort of displays of artwork or um, collectibles and stuff, that's where they were. Um, just to keep them out of the sun, out of like anything that could weather damage them and everything. And so, uh, again, you know, we're right back to where we had speculated. It's okay, something's going to happen, but we're not sure in what way, shape, or form. Um, you know, there's so many questions with these conventions. Now, I was talking with the, um, uh, I, I won't name them, but let's just say an NFL team the, uh, the other day. And they've come out and they've told me that they have been told by the league, expect full stadiums in September. Now, they aren't coming out and saying that if they're going to be requiring proof of vaccines to enter or proof of a negative test, they're saying that everything they've been told by the league is expect full stadiums in September. That being said, I asked him, I said, okay, so what do you do with season ticket holders who 
you know, let's say you're only able to do 20, 30,000 people at one of these stadiums and you have 40, 50,000 season ticket holders, who gets the seats, who doesn't? And there was kind of a long pause and they said, well, that's kind of something that has to be discussed at a later date. Probably what we'd end up doing is some kind of system where like you get four games and this person over here gets four games and the games that you don't get to go to, you get either the option to refund or credit to next season. So they would essentially allocate, um, you know, all you season ticket holders are going to get to games, but we're not going to be able to guarantee that you get to the games you want. And I thought, to me, that just goes to show you the logistical problems that everyone's facing right now. On one hand, you're told expect things to be, you know, fairly normal, but at the same time, common sense and reality says, well, that may not happen. And if it does, there's still going to have to be checks and balances in the process. And I think that's true with these conventions. The biggest problem is you have a full slate of shows that are coming between June, July, and August from small card shows to little more elaborate and detailed conventions. And they're all kind of in that state right now of, yeah, yeah, we're, we're happening, we're happening, we're happening, as they cautiously watch everything. And a lot of fans are sitting there going, you know, do I really need to, uh, do I want to, you know, it, it's, it's like with PAX. We booked our airfare, we're all set. Tickets still aren't on sale. And I'm sure there's a big chunk of people saying, September's going to be here before we know it. Isn't it time to know for sure so we can book our hotel room, um, so we can go ahead and book our airfare? And some people don't like to book the hotels ahead of time because they want to get the ones close to the convention. And it's just, you know, back to square one. Everyone's going to be keeping an eye on where things are over the next few weeks and then I'm guessing probably sometime in June uh, we'll get a good look and then I would think that hopefully by the 4th of July we'll have a better idea where we're going to look for the fall. Anyway, uh, do either of you have, have uh, comments or anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap things up today? All right. Well, that is going to do it for us today. Until next week, take care, folks. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you later.